This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri Land, and this is The Full Story. I've had to learn that endurance is not always strength. Sometimes strength is knowing when to say stop. Stan Grant, one of Australia's most prominent and well-respected journalists, has stepped down from his high-profile TV hosting job at the ABC. To those who have abused me and my family, I would just say, if your aim was to hurt me, well, you've succeeded. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I must have given you so much cause to hate me so much. The Wiradjuri man says that no one at the National Broadcaster publicly supported him as he faced racist attacks on social media following right-wing media criticism of the ABC's coronation broadcast. What we've got now is sections of the media, particularly in News Limited, who will do anything they can to campaign against the ABC. ABC's news director, Justin Stevens has blamed News Corp for launching a relentless campaign against the broadcaster. It is clearly a concerted campaign to chip away at the ABC and people's sense of trust in it by them. But News Corp denies that it played a role in Grant's decision to stand down, arguing this was an internal ABC problem. The news has prompted others to speak out about the challenges of being a person of colour in a predominantly white media industry. So how does racism affect journalists? And what should employers do about it? Today, the Australian media's racism problem. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So can I get you to say your name and title and any other thing you want us to know about you for the tape? My name is Mariam Faisada, CEO of Media Diversity Australia. So Mariam, when Stan Grant announced he was stepping down from Q&A this week, what did you make of that? Look, it was a really heartbreaking um, news to to read. Um, at the same time, though, those of us who've worked in this space for a little bit have done research around media diversity and the state of play for journalists of First Nations backgrounds and culturally diverse backgrounds, it also isn't surprising but very much heartbreaking. Mm. And what did you make of the ABC's response to his announcement? The ABC has admitted themselves that... The response was not perhaps swift enough that the apology did come right from the top from David Anderson, but the reality is that Stan, as he voiced himself, did not feel that support. And when it did come in terms of a public announcement, it felt like it was too late. And it's I think everyone uh, has reflected on the fact that, that more needs to be done. What does Australian media and, and what do Australian audiences stand to lose if we don't see further change. Our research speaks to the fact that one of the consequences of journalists feeling psychologically unsafe and and feeling unsafe in an online space as part of their jobs 
is that they will consider leaving the industry. And so what that means is that you will see a departure of voices that look and sound like Australia, telling those stories, curating those stories, calling the shots behind the scenes, calling the shots about what gets coverage, what doesn't get coverage, what is the angle, who is the talent that is being sourced. And we will be poorer for it. Australians will not see themselves reflected in the stories that are being told. And there is other research that talks about audiences who don't see themselves reflected, that they can turn away and they can switch away. So there is a multitude of evidence-based research that speaks to the consequences of us not getting it right. And we know that perhaps decades of negative coverage of some marginalised communities those communities are still dealing with the consequences. I can speak to you as a um, an Australian Muslim who's had to contend with so much negative coverage and misleading coverage, frankly, of our community. What has Media Diversity Australia found out about the unique challenges that journalists face when it comes to racism? So coincidentally, three weeks ago, we released research called The Online Safety of Diverse Journalists, and that was um, by Griffith Uni, Macquarie Uni, and when you read that research back now, it it honestly reads like it stands experiences. It looks specifically at the experiences of journalists of First Nations backgrounds, um, culturally diverse backgrounds, LGBTIQ and journalists with disability, and also the intersections between them. And it speaks to the fact that 85% of journalists of those identities uh, face amplified online abuse. It speaks to the fact that um, 11% of those journalists experience that daily, about 40% experience it monthly. I mean, it's horrific because they're doing their jobs. And many of the quotes in particular quite quite damning. Um, A lot of people expect it as being part of the job. Only about 20% of those surveyed said that they received support from their employer. And I think um, the fact that that was released three weeks ago and the fact that we've uh, subsequently had Stan Grant, who sits on our advisory board, uh, step away from his roles in public-facing sort of media and the fact that our research indicates that that in itself is one of the consequences that these journalists face. They get to a point where they just go, it's too hard. And so we've had a multitude of people reaching out to us since this news has broken to kind of say, if, if, if Stan has struggled with this, then how on earth are we going to survive? And that's what we're most concerned about. Are you able to share any specific examples of online abuse that people surveyed have experienced? I would like to read some direct quotes of the people that were surveyed. These are obviously anonymous quotes. One of the quotes is, I see a huge uptake in racist comments in any story that involves any diversity. That's a journalist of a culturally and linguistically diverse background and a producer. Another quote is um, from a journalist of an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island background, which says she was essentially saying, like, look, as an Aboriginal person, we don't know if you are best placed to tell the stories. We just don't know if we can trust your ability to be objective and, you know, the optics of it and how emotional it may be for you. That quote speaks to what we've seen um, in previous parts of our research, which is it's this idea that your personal identity means that you are biased. And yet that same assumption and expectation is never imposed of someone of a non-minority background. Um, There is never an assumption that they have bias. And I think no one says it 
directly, I mean, that was a very direct quote, right? Sometimes it happens more subtly. The point is that if you do come from a non-dominant culture, that if you are from a minority group, you don't choose the circumstances of who you are and what your identity is. And with it does come additional insights, right? It, it, it simply does. But that does not make you biased. Um, that that simply means that you have greater insights into, into an issue, which is always a strength, which is always a positive. It's about also recognising that when they get targeted online, commentators or, or, or trolls, or they're not simply critiquing the work. Yeah. They are critiquing that individual's racial background or particular diversity dimension. And that is something that journalists of um, dominant culture simply just don't have to contend with. That mm. is, you know, they are critiqued for their work. But the minute there is a uh, diversity dimension there, we know that always comes into play. And it's, it's, it's terrible. Personally, I don't share as much on Twitter and I don't promote myself as much as I could online on public facing social media platforms um, because I suppose I'm trying to avoid some of the abuse that we've been discussing um, or the potential for abuse. Um, I wonder what are some of the practical things that you think media outlets could do to improve the way that they support their journalists from different cultural backgrounds and, and different diversity dimensions as you say? There are 15 recommendations in our research and that obviously speaks to online safety. There are recommendations in the other the other research we've done that speaks to the industry more broadly. Some of the things that organisations can do and some of which are already doing this, including the ABC and SBS, is that content moderation and doing that well. The other thing is recognition that the policies that they have in place for journalists and, and the online presence, one size doesn't fit all when it comes to the impact that those policies might have or how relevant those policies might be when it comes to journalists of First Nations and culturally diverse backgrounds and other diversity dimensions. So the recommendations are actually working in partnership with those impacted marginalised groups and saying, this is what our policy is. How does this work with you specifically? Does this work? Mm. Is it relevant? And, and actually seeking to ensure that the policies are bespoke for marginalised communities. There is a role for government. There is a role for broadcasters. There's a role for everybody. So we hope to have some of these conversations, perhaps some tough conversations about what needs to happen to ensure that safety online, but psychological safety within the workplace as well. There are people who've argued this week in response to Stan Grant's announcement that um, people of colour in the industry should just find a way to withstand online abuse, to grow thicker skin or to grow a backbone. Um, what would you say to those people? <laughs> well, I'd roll my eyes uh, firstly. But look, I think it is a privilege to not have to experience online abuse. It is a privilege to have your work critiqued purely for its work, for the work, and not because of your personal identity. And people who don't, who have not experienced that because they do happen to come from a dominant culture, are simply not going to understand it. It's very easy to make this assumption that you should just get on with it. Why can't you deal with it? Everybody else is dealing with it. Well, the reality is, is that it does have an impact and it's easy to cite individual examples and say, well, this person seems to be doing okay, that person has never said anything about this. 
I can almost guarantee that lots of people don't feel safe to speak up about the experiences they've had. Um, I have experienced racism in the workplace, like numerous occasions. I've experienced things that I can't speak about. Like that's the absolute truth because Mm. it is you are up against a system, a structure. You are up against people who will deny your experiences simply because that is not how they interpreted the situation or that is not how they've seen it. Mm. So I know it's incredibly hard, but this idea that we should just get over it or that it, and and our research says a lot of people's just said it just comes with the job. And I think the reality is that it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Um, There are things that we accepted 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, and they are no longer acceptable today. Um, And so it's about saying we can do better, we must do better. And Stan Grant's departing words on Q&A was a call to action for us to actually do better. Next, former ABC journalist Rihanna Patrick on how racism affects journalists and the Australian media landscape. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. My name is Rihanna Patrick. Uh, I'm a Torres Strait Islander freelance journalist, broadcaster, audio content creator. Rihanna worked at the ABC for almost 19 years, starting as a news cadet in 2002 and finishing as a national presenter on ABC local radio. She currently works part-time at the National Indigenous Radio Service. And I'm based in Brisbane. Perfect. Okay, so Rihanna, when Stan Grant announced he was stepping down from Q&A this week, what did you think? I was definitely surprised. I definitely did not see that coming. But there were also parts of the article where he explained why he was stepping down, I wasn't surprised at. So things that he wrote about that I could relate to. I mean, Stan Grant said that he felt like he was part of the problem. And he said he needed to ask himself how or if we can do it better. What changes would you like to see, not just in the ABC, but also the broader industry to make this problem better? I think I'd like to see more high-profile journalists and media content makers call out reporting that is racist, reporting that is unfair, reporting that is biased, and to hold their industry to account and to do it in such a way that it makes change, that we continue to ask these questions, that we continue to advocate for high standard, for high-quality journalism, that we support those places that are producing high-quality journalism. Mm. So I think that's what, you know, we have to make ourselves accountable, but we have to make our industry accountable. But it can't be done by Indigenous journalists who don't feel like they belong. It can't be done by journalists of colour who feel like they can't belong. It has Mm. to be non-Indigenous journalism and the media sector that also says enough is enough that we're not Mm. willing to stand with this. We're not willing to see women shamed for what they wear on television. At the same time, we're not willing to see Indigenous journalists treated in this way, whether that's Mm. internally or externally. 
that mm. there are so many people that have a voice that could use that for so much more and have influence who could use that for so much more. And I would like to see that change. But I'd also like to say that I don't think Indigenous journalists going to mainstream media is the answer either. I think there has to be a separation that allows us to do our work, to feed in to those mainstream organisations on on our own terms. Uh, and yes, some do it better than others, but you can no longer just be the one lone Indigenous journalist or content maker on a floor. It's not good enough. It's not safe enough. And so, yeah, I just hope that what we're seeing continues, but that we see more non-Indigenous journalists and the media sector going into bat when things aren't right. The ABC's managing director, David Anderson, has since apologised to Grant and he says there will now be a review into its response to racism affecting staff. What did you make of this response? It was interesting that the response only came after Stan had written his article. I think that's incredibly telling. And I think anyone else who is outside watching this should think that that is incredibly telling. I went looking for that media release, looking on the ABC corporate page for where that public media release had been issued and it was not there. And then I realised that it was an internal email that had been sent out. I think that's incredibly telling as well. And I'm interested that there will be a review. I would hope that that review doesn't just look at the external racism, which I think was quoted also in what David Anderson had talked about, that he'd taken on consultation from the ABC's Indigenous group, the Bonner Committee. But I think that review actually needs to go deeper, that they really need to look at the internal racism as well. And they really, I think, need to use this as a way of taking that hard look an organisation that has, you know, that is struggling with having a lot of diverse workers in its sector now, having a lot of diverse voices, but it's still not sure how to protect, how to support, how to really allow these voices to have a space. You left the ABC after almost 19 years. What ultimately led you to that decision? Well, I'd taken time off because of all the coverage around Black Lives Matter. That was really at the height of that. So I had had a very heavy feeling, which was very similar to a lot of the Indigenous colleagues I was talking to at the time of us understanding that while this was something that was happening overseas in another country that had then become global, that we had a very good understanding of it here in Australia in terms of Black deaths in custody here, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander deaths in custody. Uh, And so I started to be aware that I was having these anxious moments before going on air. Um, I did a live program at the time that was national and I started to have these feelings that I wasn't sure of. I actually had to Google what it was because I didn't understand what it was that I was going through at the time. And then I started to, there were issues with sleep as well. And I realized that I had to stop reading and looking at a lot of that content and I had to take some time out. And so I stepped out, which was supposed to be three months leave without pay. And I went to work for an Indigenous organization for that time. And it was a very weird, surreal kind of situation I found myself in and in actually not being within those four walls, having time out and then dealing with everything that came to the surface and just went, I I can't do this. I no longer can do this and made that decision quite easily that 
yeah, there was no way I could go back. Did you feel supported by management during this period where all of this trauma was coming up for you and you were dealing with trying to understand where it was coming from? I don't think they really understood what Black Lives Matter was and what that effect could be on others who weren't necessarily in the US, if I'm honest. I honestly didn't want to talk to a non-Indigenous person about Indigenous trauma. I remember an email coming with resources, but it was quite late. I ended up just going to an uncle and talking to my uncle and going back to culture, if I'm honest, and going back to being a Torres Strait Islander and who I am and the the thing that ties me to being that and my understanding of that place in the world and strengthening my identity in that, which was something that I felt that I definitely lost while I was inside and I hadn't realised how much I had kind of become a little bit introverted in that of not feeling safe enough to display that. Mm. So I think they really don't have a good handle on that. And maybe that's changed in the time that I have, you know, the time that I've left. And I hope that it has, that there is that support mechanism there now. The news this week that Stan Grant's stepping down has really encouraged a number of different journalists from different cultural backgrounds to share their own experiences with racism, not just at the ABC, but across the media industry. But you, I know that you argue that Indigenous journalists experience racism in a way that's unique Uh, and specific. And I guess you were talking to that just then. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I guess as Indigenous staff, we're incredibly aware that there is a racial hierarchy in this country and that we're at the bottom of that ladder and that a lot of times non-Indigenous people are more willing to listen to someone who is a staff of colour ahead of an Indigenous staffer. So while we share similar, very similar experiences, our experiences are also very unique to the backgrounds that we come from and from our cultural identities as well. And so while this is not an isolated thing that only happens to Indigenous staffers, the way that we are positioned in this country, the history of this country means that it there is a a more complex impact on that because we're acutely aware of our place in this society. So while we do share, um, I guess, the universal understanding of what it's like to be a person of colour, the Indigenous experience is, is incredibly unique and it is incredibly different to what others might be experiencing. And that's not taking away from what others experience and I know what they have experienced as well. But I guess I'm only talking from a point of view as being a Torres Strait Islander and being an Indigenous person of how I understand that to be and how I understand our place in this society and this world to be. How do you feel now you're at an Indigenous media organisation? Oh, is the best feeling in the world. I didn't realise how much I had missed that of not being the only Indigenous person on my floor or the one, you know, one of only two. It is like coming home. It's incredibly empowering. And I and I would say it's been incredibly empowering watching Indigenous staff walk out too. We reject racism. We reject racism. We reject racism. We reject racism. That was Rihanna Patrick. She's a freelance journalist based in Brisbane. Earlier, you also heard from Mariam Faisada, CEO of Media Diversity Australia. 
You can check out Rihanna's opinion piece about Stan Grant's decision at theguardian.com. It's called, like Stan Grant, every Indigenous journalist needs to feel that their workplace will support them properly. You can also find out more about Media Diversity Australia's research about online abuse against journalists in an article that was written by the authors of that study. We'll post links to both of these articles on the Full Story website. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karish Maluthria, James Milsom and myself. Sound design, mixing and our theme music were by Joe Koning. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Jane Lee. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.